Hey, podcast listeners, thank you so much for just taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to this episode today. Hey, I would love it if you would consider subscribing to this and also leaving a, a rating and review. That would mean so much to me. Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your day. On today's episode, we're going to talk about some different things that you need to be thinking about during the middle of the buying process of a vehicle. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Find Your Money Path show. Let's go ahead and jump right into my conversation with Tom Martin about buying used cars. Well, hey everyone, I'm joined today by Tom Martin. So Tom, thanks for being with us today on the Find Your Money Path show. I would love for you just to introduce yourself and, and say a little bit about what you do. Well, it's great to be with you, Stephen. Um, I, uh, I'm involved in the uh, coaching consulting uh, arena, I'm both a business coach and a life coach where I specialize in helping uh, business owners prosper in business and uh, thrive in life. That's great, that's great. Well, uh, and you've also had a little bit of experience, maybe just a little bit of experience in the car buying world, is that right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, when I was in college, uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, I was a marketing major, had the opportunity to do a little bit of an internship at a dealership and started selling cars, which produced an offer uh, to when I graduated from college to go into the finance department, and um, which led to uh, almost a 26-year career uh, in the automotive industry here in Atlanta, working for two family-owned dealerships over the course of those 20-plus uh, years. So let's talk about the actual process of we're going to the dealer, we're getting ready to buy the car, we're shopping for the car out on the lot. Um, what would you say are some tips to save some time in that process? Because we know that's tedious and it can take you know, multiple trips to multiple dealerships. So what are some tips to save some time there? You know, the biggest time saver is, is get the negotiating for the most part out of the way before you get there. Even the, the smaller used car dealership uh, that's not tied to a new car dealer has some form of internet um, negotiating, internet pricing, and you can begin the process of the negotiation over the over the internet before you get there and start exchanging emails. Um, you know, you can uh, most of them will be able to provide you with a Carfax report, so you'll see how many times has this car been titled? Has it ever been in a wreck? Was it a severe wreck? A moderate wreck? or um, the lower one is a minor wreck. Um, and you know, from that standpoint, you've already done your research on what uh, the true market value is for the car, and you may start the negotiating process. And you, know, you get the price in writing and ask the consultant before, you know, I'm gonna plan on coming in on Saturday and I don't wanna waste my whole day at the dealership. Uh, is this price valid? I bring this price in, is that the price I'm gonna leave with? Does that include all your fees, the TAVT tax, the title, new title tax they'd started a couple of years ago? Mm -hmm. You know, I want my out the door price. Nope. You know, no surprises. Mm -hmm. And you get more of that up front. It's actually easier for the dealership, you know, because then they can have the car cleaned up ready and you can, you know, do your uh, checkout on it. Another thing to do, uh, you know, is, is once you land on a price, I always say get the car inspected. You know, that to me is, is just huge. Um, 
someone you trust. If you don't have a local mechanic, reach out on Nextdoor, talk to your neighbor, see who they use as a mechanic, talk to the shop, get a price, a quote on what a pre-sale inspection would be. You just don't want any surprises. Mm -hmm. And so you tell the dealership up front, you know, okay, we've agreed on this price. I'm going to still get the car inspected. And then you go down that road. So um, but you get I, everything out of the way as much as you can before you, uh, before you get there. So I have two quick kind of follow-ups on that. One um, is, so I didn't know, so you can actually request a Carfax report before you even go to the lot. They'll just, they can just send it to you. Yeah, there are two, two ways to do it. You can subscribe to Carfax, right. which will give you X number of doing it. But like every dealership I ran, we already had an enterprise account with them. And we would use that actually, hey, we, you know, there's nothing to hide. This was a car we actually sold new. You know, Stephen and his wife drove it, traded it in. Here's the car facts. You know, everything's up front, full disclosure. Um, and, you know, it, it, for me as a dealer, it was a tool that helped close deals. Uh, because odds are, if there was a troubled car, it never went on my lot. Mm. I don't need the car that was, you know, in a flood. I don't need the car that had a severe accident or frame damage. Those cars are what I took to the auction. Sadly, used car dealers can some cases buy those at the auction or resell them on the corner lot, <laughs> which is why if you're dealing with the corner lot, you need to get a car fax and you also need to get it inspected. Yeah. Now on, that's actually brilliant. I think that builds trust with the consumer. Um, if you have nothing to hide, then you know, that that's more reason for me to trust you. Absolutely. Um, on the inspection side of things, you know, I've heard, and I, this is just from kind of friends and family, just people who have kind of talked about it. Do you recommend, or would you recommend going to a different uh, dealer or to like, let's say I'm buying a used Toyota on a Honda lot, uh, you know, on a Honda lot. Would you recommend, okay, let's take that Toyota over to the Toyota dealer, have them have their shop inspected out. Or do you think it's okay to get it inspected on the, on the same lot you're buying it on? Is that a conflict of interest? Yeah, I, you know, they've already inspected it once. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know the, to the degree of what the inspection, the, the dealer that's selling it did. Um, you're going to dictate what kind of inspection is done wherever you're taking it. Mm -hmm. In most places now, uh, you know, the local repair shop that's been around forever uh, in Roswell, let's say, you know, he has enough people coming in the door. He's probably got a preset price. I'm going to do a 120 point inspection. We're going to be looking at AC brakes, transmission, whatever. And here's, your, you know, and that's going to be $105. So, okay. you know, and, and do that, you know, if it is possibly still under warranty, um, some form of the powertrain warranty left, you're outside of the bumper to bumper warranty. Um, you know, I might, if I'm looking at a Toyota at a Honda store, uh, I may take the Toyota to a Toyota store mm -hmm. and just see if by chance there are open recalls, you know, with the airbag issue that's going on still today, mm -hmm. you know, to make sure any open recalls are, have been done because you don't want to mess with, you know, things like that. You'd want to know what gets done. And you may want to develop a relationship if there's still warranty on the car with who might be servicing the car. Yeah. So that could be beneficial. And I've had in cases 
um, I ran a Subaru dealership. And so for me, there aren't Subaru dealerships on every corner. And so if somebody wanted to come in and do a pre-sale inspection, they weren't buying a Subaru for me. What I would do is I'd waive the cost, I'd reimburse them the cost of the expense of the inspection, let's say it's $100, when they came in for their next oil change, to try to build a relationship with them to where they might use my service department because they just bought a new Subaru and they probably don't know where to take their Subaru. Ah, that's smart, that's smart. Um, that's good, tell me, the, I think the question, at least this is the question I, I, I'm really interested in, what is fair game to negotiate? Is there anything off limits or is everything just, you can negotiate every single item? Every single item. Um, there are certain things, you know, one of the ones everyone's heard about is the dock fee. And the dock fee is like a bucket and the dealer covers a lot of expenses out of the dock fee. And that's a bunch of stuff that's just expenses for the dealership. And the dealer may say to you, Stephen, you know, this, 199 dock fee we charge it to everybody and you say well that's fine i'm not gonna pay it you know, <laughs> here's my offer for the car um and and that's why i advocate you know just just negotiate what the bottom line price is because even if the fee appears on the the price just make sure it's all what you want to pay for the car out the door drive out what you're writing a check for mm -hmm. um is is just that and it includes all his fees all their, you know, taxes, all the things like that. Okay. Um, you know, the interest rate, a lot of people, you know, even if you're buying a new new car and, and it's a 1.9 financing, they may not be able to negotiate that, but they may give you free maintenance if your credit union offers a better rate or a competitive rate. So there's really, you know, accessories, or a high profit margin, you know, you like the car, you love the car, you got your price, and suddenly you want to, you know, have the bedliner put in or things like that. So, you know, just be comfortable on the price, and then if there's some extras you want thrown in, it doesn't hurt to ask, you might just get them. Hmm. Now, and, and I've told people this, and only because it's my own experience, well, at least my, my assumption, so I wanna hear from the expert. Does it pay to go in during off season, um, which maybe you can help define what off season is, or at the end of the month when a dealership might be trying to hit its sales quota? Does that help at all in the negotiation process? You know, sales quotas are, are a real thing. Um, you know, but you got to start the month too. You know, and so so it's kind of the, the misnomer for you to know which specific car, you know, it's, it's more so the new cars than the used cars, you know, when there's a quota hit to hit, because there could be a significant amount of money uh, that comes back to them from the manufacturer. So on the pre-owned cars, I, I don't think end of the month, beginning of the month. And also you're not going to find that three-year-old Honda Accord with 48,000 miles on this other lot, you know, so it's just comes down to, you know, being willing to maybe miss out on the car if he can't give you the best price uh, or give you the price you want. So, um, but yeah, you know, the end of the year, if somebody were to be buying a new car, what I advocate is, you know, at the end of the model year, when the new ones are out and there's some leftovers, that's typically when your best incentives are out there and you can strike a much better deal than you could 
earlier in the model year. And when, when does the model year typically, like what's the cutoff? When does it end? Well, that used to be an easy question to answer. <laughs> it was, you know, the new model year was in the fall. Uh, but now they, they, they've cycled them all throughout the year. So you really need to know, uh, you go to the manufacturer's website and see, you know, because for example, I just got an email from Subaru and they're introducing their new seven passenger in May. And they're doing that because they'll make a bigger splash than if they did that, you know, later in the year when all the rest of the cars come out. Ah, they're so. catching on. That's smart. Okay. <laughs> that is, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, anything else that might be helpful for, for the viewers here um, to think about as they're shopping for a car? Yeah, I would say don't be afraid to check out the disruptors in the industry. You know, the disruptors is Carvana, True Car. Some of these people that, you know, again, it's a love-hate relationship buying a car. So, you know, you get enough people who don't like it, complain about it. The original disruptor was CarMax. Um, and, you know, they won price. You know, the thing we found, I did a pilot for Ford Motor Company years and years ago. And we found, we tested one price. And what people, what they really found is, is people don't mind negotiating. They like to possibly win. What they don't like is not being able to get a question answered uh, or get a price when they want a price. Uh, so the Carvana's True, True Car, CarMax, they put it up front, but the thing is you need to shop them as well because uh, just because they give you one price doesn't mean it's the best price. So, you know, you may start out uh, on Carvana or True Car and you've got a transparent price but you go to the local dealer and you can save $2,000 mm. and um, you know, they're not bringing the car in from somewhere else. You saw the car, you've had it inspected. Um, you know, it's, it could be uh, a, a much stronger deal for you in the long run, but don't be afraid to use them and don't be afraid to use what they give you in a printout and leverage that on the lot in front of the dealer. Say, you know, I can buy this car here, here, you know, what can you do for me? And they'll, they'll definitely work with you because they're going to want your business. That's a really smart. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it it's leverage, right? Yeah. If you have some sort of form of leverage, you're, you're probably going to command a little bit lower price than you would if you come in and, and have the big emotional, you know, big eyes like, Oh, I want that car. That's my dream car. Um, so that's, that, that makes sense to me. Um, one more quick question that actually just made a, gave me a quick question on this. Do you find that uh, it's important to watch what maybe how you're talking about the car or, or how you're communicating with maybe your friend or your spouse when you're there and you're test driving? Like, should you should you avoid saying things like, oh, this is the car of my dreams. I love this. This is this is the one um, until you're at the negotiating table, until you've agreed on a price. Or do you, does that play into it at all? Well, you know, obviously, I think in, you know, the any form of negotiating, you're going to pay attention yeah. to the cues that, um, that, you know, the other person is giving you. So the nodding heads, the smiling, you know, the things like that. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, you don't want to show your cards. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, one of the most powerful things to say is, you know, we are just looking, we have just started shopping. We're going to be looking at, um, multiple cars and, but then, you know, Hey, can you give us a minute or we're going to step out and talk, you know, 
that's that's very commonplace. You know, anytime you encounter pressure, you don't get questions answered. Um, you know, it's just you're not. It doesn't feel right. I would just leave. You know, nobody wants to start the whole process over again. But you're in control. If this is your deal, you want the best deal, the the most fair deal, and uh, and the right dealer is going to do what they can to earn your business. Um, and just try to, uh, you know, serve you and turn you into a lifelong client. Great. Those are fantastic tips. I know that's going to be helpful for, uh, for anyone watching this. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for just all the information you've provided to the viewers. I know this has been helpful for myself and I know it's helpful for other people. I'd love to hear more about, uh, tell everyone a little bit about what you do uh, in your business and your, and your coaching business. Yeah, thanks. You know, for me, you know, building dealerships and, you know, investing in the bottom line and growing businesses, um, you know, I love doing it, but, you know, my passion is really helping smaller businesses develop them and help them develop their people. And so for me, I work with them from a sales process standpoint, um, you know, looking at how they uh, develop their business through prospects, how do they turn prospects uh, into clients, and then how do they create an amazing uh, client experience where they actually uh, are out there being um, advocating for the business. And then I work specifically with business leaders um, from the mindset of how they lead their business and being good stewards of the blessings they have being a business owner. And so those are really my uh, spaces. It's what I did in the dealership. The dealership really is seven, eight small businesses under one roof. Hmm. It was the general manager of the store. It was helping them find success running their departments. And so just the opportunity to leverage that and um, yeah, um, maybe not work as many weekends. <laughs> there you go. Um, and if people want to find out more information, I know you've got some helpful tips on like how to help if you're a small business owner, how to help your online presence. Yeah. What, are, what are some places that they can go to find out, you know, find some stuff that you're putting out there and find out more information? Sure. Um, website's TomMartinCoaching.com um, and the same uh, Facebook presence, uh, Tom Martin Coaching on Facebook and then uh, Twitter, Tom Martin ATL. So you can find me uh, pretty much across uh, social media. We'll put, we'll put links wherever we post this. We'll put, we'll put links in there um, so you guys can easily find out more information. If anything else, you definitely want to check out what Tom's up to. He has, uh, he's just so helpful to business owners um, and he's just an encouragement too. So he's a, he's a great guy. So please check out what he's doing. Thank you so much, Tom. Uh, again, this has been so helpful. Oh, my pleasure. I had a blast. It's fun to walk backward, uh, you know, into that other life for a little bit. And yeah. hopefully uh, these uh, tips and, and uh, tools are going to be beneficial to your audience where, uh, you know, it'll make the process maybe a little more informed. Uh, they'll be a little more confident and, and who knows, maybe they'll save a little money in the process. That's the goal. I appreciate it. Thanks again.